Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, wa nasta'gfiruhu, wa nu'minu bihi, wa natawakilu alayk. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah, man yudlilhu falahadiyalah. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abuduhu wa rasuluh. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallim. Fasallallahu alayhi wa tasliman kathiran kathira amma ba'd. Fana'udhu billahi minash shaytanu rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Faqalallahu ta'ala fi al-Qur'an al-Kareem. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wa attaqullah la'allakum tuflihun. Sadaqallahu al-Yurazim. My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, and we serve none but Allah. And thus we say, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah, there is no master but Allah. We serve none but Allah, there is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more, and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, we, uh, today is a special day because we had the Eid prayers today, and then on top of that we often refer to Juma prayers, which is where we are now, also as an Eid. So two Eids in the same day. And a small side point, it is the majority opinion that even if Eid is on Friday, you still have to attend Jummah prayers of the Islamic schools of law. The Hanbali school is one of the schools that says you do not. And then others give an exception if it's too far away, meaning in many of our back home cultures, people would go to their local mosque for their daily prayers and then go to a Jamia mosque, a mosque that's farther away for Jummah, and then a mosque that's even farther away for their Eid prayers. And so in some cultures or in some lands, that was a burden to go all the way for Eid prayers and then go home and then go all the way back for Jummah. And so many people received an exemption from going to Jummah prayers on those days. But for us, for many of us at least, this is not very, this is not an inconvenience. So having said that, rather than talk about Eid and talk about the wonderful things related to Eid, I, also, I want to also focus on what's taking place in our calendar, that this is the beginning of a new year. And for those who are returning upper-class men, upper-class women, you know what I say in every single khutbah, every single week. And the question that I ask each and every one of you is, what is changing about yourself? But here I want you to look forward to December, and I want you to look forward to May. Where do you want to be in December uh, academically? Where do you want to be in December physically? Where do you want to be in December spiritually? Because this is something that you have control over. Even though everything in our society, even within our own selves, seeks to keep things as is. Meaning your nafs, yourself, its default is status quo. Okay. Meaning the person that you are right now in terms of your character, the person you are right now in your spirituality, will most likely be the same person you will be in December, unless you take active steps to do something about it. So what am I saying? Take an analysis of yourself, muhasaba. Take an analysis of yourself to see where you are 
and to see where you would like to be. Because those of you who've been here in the previous years, you've heard me say many times that the person you are in your 20s, again, in terms of your character, your spirituality, will probably be the same person you will be in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s unless you take active steps to take control of yourself. But it is difficult. Rumi states that the human self, yourself, is like a wild animal that you have to try to domesticate. Okay? Meaning it does what it wants. When you have the whim to eat something, you eat. When you have the whim to go to sleep, you'll sleep. When you have the whim to stay awake, you'll stay awake. Unless you take control of your own being. Many of you have, who have already started visiting me this, this past week or earlier, about trying to get self-discipline. The first assignment that I've given many of you is to take control of your sleeping. You and I know that undergrads usually stay up all the way until fudger time, then go to sleep. And I was an undergrad, and in Ramadan, I used to stay up, wake up for fudger, go to sleep, wake up for iftar, and that was my normal day throughout much of Ramadan, and then stay up all night, when I should have been praying day and night. But what am I saying? Take control of yourself. But then, to further illustrate how difficult it is, we have a teaching attributed to the Prophet, may peace be upon him, that you should believe that a mountain has been moved before you believe that someone has changed their disposition. Because it is easier to move a mountain than it is to change your disposition. Why? One reason we said is that you have your nafs. And your nafs has one voice. Your inner self has one voice, which is feed me, feed me, feed me with attention, with food, by purchasing things, by power, etc. But also everything around you is the same. And it's like you fit in a piece, you fit like a piece in the puzzle of the environment you're in. And if that's not changing, it becomes hard for you and I to change. Okay. And then on top of that, you have the devil, you have Shaitan, and the last thing that he wants is for you to improve. What does he prefer? That you go down step by step by step. So there are many things that are working against you toward the end of Surah Al-Balad. We speak of the journey of life as, as this high, this, uh, this incline, a very difficult incline. And the people who succeed are the type of people who will, get, who will feed people on a day of hunger. And you can read this a few ways. You will feed people who are hungry as well as when you yourself are hungry, you are still feeding other people. Good. So what are then the techniques for you and I to change ourselves? Good. One is to get your priorities straight. What is it that is most important to you? So for many of you also in your visits to me, I keep reminding you that your primary purpose here is academics. Okay? Your primary purpose here is not MSA. Your primary purpose here is not other activities, it's academics. And then once you establish that within yourself, then you can organize time. But to become most productive in your academics, the first thing you want to take a look at are the physical things. Again, what is the condition of your sleep? How consistent is your sleep? Okay. The ideal, which I also do not fulfill these days, but the ideal is if you can get to bed at 10. But whatever time you get to bed, usually I wind up getting to bed anywhere from 10 to 11, but usually I'm out cold by about 10.30 uh, or 11, somewhere in that range. The point is the more stable you can make that, the more consistent your system is going to be for your process of learning. Okay. And then if you can wake up for the Fudger prayers, which these days is around 5 a.m., if you can do your study time at that time, 
I assure you, you will get a lot more done than if you try to study at nighttime. And I'm saying this from experience. You are going to get so much more done that it'll probably be double, if not higher, in that early morning time. I have a friend of a friend who is an undergrad in a different school, and he wanted to do as an experiment. In his undergrad years, he is in his prayers, he's talking to God. And he is saying that we've been told that if you work in the time after Fajr, it is a blessed time. So he decided to dedicate that time for memorization of the Quran. And over the course of his four-year career, he memorized Al-Baqarah Al-Imran in Surah An-Nisa. All just spending an hour or so each morning after the Fajr prayer. That is what you can accomplish. And to give you an idea of how much that is, that might be close to 100 pages of the Quran out of 600. So think about that. But I'm a night person. Many of you are night people. For me, I like the peace and the tranquility of the night. And in fact, when it's morning, it's hard for me to even go outside because when the sun is this bright, it's too much information for me. I can't take it. But even then, I do try in the peace and quiet after Fajr prayer to get work done. And then I reward myself with another nap. But what am I saying? The first thing to take control of as you're trying to take control of yourself, as you're trying to change yourself, is, would be the physical things. And so after sleep, the next question becomes your food. There is a time in which most of my diet was Flaming Hot Cheetos. Okay. And the remnants, maybe that's a sign I should not be eating Flaming Hot Cheetos. So, the next thing to look at is what is your physical condition now and where do you want it to be? Those of you who are my Facebook friends know I love to make all these jokes about people that I meet at the gym, but the deeper point that I'm making is that I keep forcing myself to go over and over and over again. The past year, no exaggeration, I probably lost about 40 pounds. Maybe some of you can tell. If you can't tell, that's pretty sad how much I actually have to lose. Uh, and I'll probably start posting pictures of what I used to look like, mashallah. But what am I saying? Take control of that now, because it's easier now. So take control of your sleep, take control of your physical condition, which includes food and your activity. And then we get into your spiritual condition. For those who are not making your five daily prayers, work on those. That is one of the most important of all of your activities, because that'll give you internal stability day after day after day. And I'm telling you, it is easier overall to pray five a day than it is to pray one. Because, again, your nafs wants you to relax. Shaitan, the devil, wants you to, to break down. So if you're only seeking to pray one a day, that's what your nafs and the devil are going to try to make you stop from doing. If you're seeking to pray five, then the devil's at most going to be able to make you feel weak in one. But it is even easier to pray the obligatory prayers, the sunnah prayers, and the supererogatory prayers. It's easier to pray all for all five, 
the Fard, the Sunnah, and the Nafal than it is just to pray the Fard. Because the Sunnah prayers reinforce the Fard, and the Nafal prayers reinforce the Sunnah. And then if you start doing that, you will begin to taste the sweetness of faith in your heart. Where we have a teaching attributed to the Divine, it's a Hadith Qudsi, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said that Allah has said that nothing pleases him more than when the servant does the obligatory acts. And then as you do the voluntary acts, you get closer and closer to Allah until he becomes the eyes with which you see and the feet with which you walk, and so forth and so on. And what am I saying? That if you can make it a consistent practice to make the nuffle prayers, not only will you have a lot more stability inside, you will actually start tasting the sweetness in your heart an actual sensation of the sweetness of faith. But then I'm going to give you one third suggestion, and that is to focus on service, on giving. But first, let us take a moment and ask Allah for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So once again, my beloved brothers and sisters, what is the overall context we're speaking about? We're speaking about you and I taking control of ourselves so that we can look at ourselves when we reach December and look at the people we are today on September 1st and say we've improved on this and this and this. Even if it's a small improvement, it's an improvement nonetheless. And then when we get to May, we can say even more. I've improved on this, I've improved on this, I've improved on this. But this will only happen if you take control of yourselves. Now take this point a step further. When we speak of the different people who will get the shade of the divine on the day of judgment, one of those people is the young person who used that time to serve Allah. Now when do you stop being young? In our society you stop being young at when you're 18, despite the fact that we tend to raise a whole lot of man babies and Disney princesses, 18 is usually the cutoff. Many people say in our tradition the cutoff is when you turn 40, okay. which means I'm old. Yeah. But one of the difficulties of when you're young is even though we might say to each other and to ourselves, I can die at any moment, and unfortunately we've had examples here. One of those trees is planted in honor of Mutahir, who was murdered a couple of years ago. One of our classmates here, he was murdered right, off, right outside of campus. So we have examples right before our eyes that your life can be taken at any moment. But nevertheless, when you're young, whether you admit it or not, you still have the feeling that you're immortal. And what do I mean by that? I'll get to these issues later. I'll work on these later. Even if we decide, all right, September 1st, I'm going to start changing myself, and then you're enjoying your bed. Then you decide, well, it's Friday. I'll start on Monday. And then you get to Monday. Yeah, it's the school week. I'll start on Friday next week. I'll start in October. Okay, I'll start in 2018. And then 10 years go by. And I've seen it. I've lived it in so many aspects of my life. So, the third suggestion that I'm giving my beloved brothers and sisters, and then we'll call it a day, inshallah, is to focus on service. To have the disposition of giving, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said that you and I are obliged to give charity every day, all day, with every joint in our body, 
and even a smile is charity. And this is the same thing I do in every single chutzpah to see if anybody actually starts smiling. Actually, I think I'm going to wait until you start smiling. All right. So you've all given me charity, mashallah. Okay. So, but what am I saying? How do you make it so that all of your joints are giving charity? Is that you keep yourself in the act of giving. When you're walking from class to class, try to have a smile on your face. Not those angry smiles. Sometimes you go to the mosque and you see those angry smiles. These people who are trying to force a smile, but their eyes are shooting death rays at you. No. Try to enjoy how beautiful the sun is today. Try to enjoy how beautiful the campus is and smile. Try to enjoy how beautiful your chaplain is and enjoy. Alhamdulillah. But what am I saying? At the very least, give that. But more than that, have the disposition. How can you help someone in the small things? Whether it is to knock a branch out of the way, that's also a level of Iman. Or whether it is to help someone to carry something. Keep that disposition, because what does that also do? That also wipes out some of the rust in our heart, which then makes it easier to make your prayers, which then makes it easier also to be more stable in your sleep and your food and your activity. But what is my overall point? The point you're going to hear from me all year, as you have all year last year, is take control of yourselves, this one life that you've been given, and maximize it. Live a life of excellence, starting with your own internal condition. And of course, try to get straight A's. Anyway, with that, I'll remind you of what Allah Ta'ala tells about the Prophet, peace be upon him. Indeed, 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 Allah and his angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O you who believe, send angels upon, and, uh, blessings upon him. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family, and upon his companions, and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, waqina adabunnar. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life, and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa salamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, aqimu salah.